The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll take stock of the Bank of Japan and its, well, non-action when it comes to stimulus and the economy. We've got details. We'll be speaking with uh, Brendan Brown. He is the chief economist and head of economic research at Mitsubishi UFJ Securities. But right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you, Pim Fox. Let us begin with the Bank of Japan. It kept its key monetary tools unchanged and will mount a comprehensive review of its policy framework due to, quote, considerable uncertainty about the outlook for inflation, which has consistently underperformed the central bank's forecast. James Sweeney is chief economist at Credit Suisse Securities. I think a review makes sense. I mean, they're they're closing in on 40 percent of the bond market owned by the, the, the BOJ and moving towards 50 and 60 on the on the current plans. Um, hasn't worked so far. And market expectations are swinging around. I mean, this week, people really expected them to come in and, and do helicopter money. Uh, I didn't think it seemed like that reasonable an expectation. Now it's been disappointed. The U.S. Commerce Department says the economy expanded in the second quarter at a 1.2 percent raise, less than projected, after an eight-tenths of one percent advance in the first three months of the year that was weaker than previously estimated. The median forecast of economists surveyed by Bloomberg called for a two-and-a-half percent second-quarter increase. And consumer confidence, as measured by the University of Michigan, slid in in July from the prior month on dim reviews of the U.S. economy's prospects and lingering concerns among higher-income earners about global market conditions. ExxonMobil and Chevron missing profit and production estimates as wildfires, write-downs, and weak refining margins. Battered oil explorers already reeling under a glut-driven price collapse. ExxonMobil down 1.7%, and Chevron is up by four-tenths of 1%. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate up 1%, 41.53 for a barrel of crude. Gold up 18.40 the ounce to 13.50. S&P up 5, a gain of two-tenths of 1%. 2.32 on Wall Street. Now we'll look at the other stories making news. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. Hillary Clinton and running mate Tim Kaine are hitting the road today. The two are taking a bus trip through two battleground states, Pennsylvania and Ohio. Donald Trump is back on the road, too, appearing in Colorado Springs. Trump's running mate Mike Pence joined fellow bikers today in his home state of Indiana for the annual motorcycle ride with the group Abate, American bikers aimed toward education. Before he revved off, the GOP vice presidential nominee spoke to reporters. Let's make it a safe ride. Let's make it uh, a fun ride, but let's make it a ride. Let's make it a ride that sends a message all over this state that here in the state of Indiana, we stand 
with those who serve. There's more fallout from the Flint water controversy. Bloomberg's Michael Barr has more. Michigan's attorney general has charged six more state employees with crimes related to the lead-contaminated water crisis in Flint. According to the Flint Journal, a judge signed off on the charges filed by Michigan AG Bill Schutte. Flint, a city predominantly black with a population of about 100,000 people, used the Flint River for tap water 18 months ago to save money, but the water was contaminated with lead after it flowed through aging pipes. In April, two state regulators and a city employee were charged with official misconduct. Michael Barr, Bloomberg Radio. In Connecticut today, the public is getting a glimpse of the new Sandy Hook Elementary School, built to replace the one where 20 first graders and six educators were murdered. The old facility was torn down in December 2012 after the rampage. The new school was built on the same property, but not in the old footprint. It's scheduled to open next month. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Jill Schneider, and this is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping, a move higher for U.S. equities. S&P 500 index trading very close to a record now, 2175, up five, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. All right, Matt Miller here with Pim Fox. We're going to bring in Brendan Brown, Chief Economist and Head of Economic Research at Mitsubishi UFJ Securities on what I think uh, is one of the most interesting topics of the week, of the month. Really, I think the Bank of Japan is more exciting right now than a Bank of England, a Bank of Europe, Bank of England, ECB, uh, or, or the Fed. Brendan, to me, it's the idea, even though it's kind of been shot down, of helicopter money that keeps this story so fascinating. Why can't Corota do anything to get inflation going? Well, they have been having uh, helicopter money for two years. We've had a budget deficit running at uh, 6% of GDP, and effectively the Bank of Japan has been buying bonds essentially the next day after they're issued from the banks. So helicopter money is here. But the reality is you can only get inflation up if there's a bout of strong growth. You need to have strong demand growth in the economy. And that they failed to have altogether. And I would say the main two reasons for that have been, first of all, the extent of uncertainty created by all this um, monetary experimentation. And secondly, of course, we've had the complete lack of economic reform, which was meant to be the third pillar of the RB economic. But, Brendan, how can it be impossible to get inflation going if you're just sitting there printing money? And the Bank of Japan now has a balance sheet that's the size of or surpassing the Fed's any day now. Um it's more than, I think, 80% of their entire GDP. And if you're just printing money willy-nilly, who's going to continue to put faith in your fiat currency? Well, that's a big question. The, the Japanese themselves, when are they going to run out of the yen? When are we going to get capital flight out of Japan? What we had in the first two or three years of RB economics is there was a huge amount of speculation against the yen, essentially foreigners going short in the yen, borrowing yen. But the Japanese themselves did not go head over tails into buying foreign assets. So they continue to have this bias in favor of their domestic market. For the, for the policy to um, produce high inflation, you either have to have some sort of capital flight, like in the ultimate you had in the Weimar Republic, 
um, or you have to have very strong um, domestic demand being stimulated by this. But, uh, but neither of that have happened. I think one or two of those will happen if they continue with this policy for the next five years. You know, if you, if you look at the future for Japan, there will be a discontinuous shift at some point into high inflation. But it's not something that happens gradually. It happens in a discontinuous fashion. Brenda, is there a bond bubble? Uh, definitely there's a bond bubble because you're looking at 10-year yields in the JGB market, which are slightly negative, minus 0.2%. Yet if you take any reasonable scenario approach as to what's going to be happening in Japan in the next 5 to 10 years, you would have to put a significant probability, 20% to 50%, on this high inflation yen collapse at some point. So anyone buying JGBs at these sort of yields um, uh, are using some sort of fantasy, cal fantasy calculation. Now, I would say nobody is buying bonds at these low yields, uh, negative yields, except for the Bank of Japan itself or foreigners doing an arbitrage into dollars and getting 100 basis points over treasuries. So the, the bubble is actually in the sense that you've got a lot of institutions and investors holding these bonds at huge profits compared to where they bought them, but they're not going out and taking the profits. One, at, at some point they will. That's when the bubble will burst. All right, so that's describing what's going on at the Bank of Japan. With the government of Japan, they are proposing a 23-cent-an-hour increase in the minimum wage. They mm -hmm. also want to increase the benefit to low-income individuals for about $95 a year, and they want to lower the unemployment insurance premium over a number of years. Why do all of these very small things if they're not going to have any effect on the larger picture? Well, as you say, in, in, in arithmetic terms, the budget proposals which have been leaked out of the RB administration um, amount net, net, net to about 0.6 or 0.7% of GDP. So that's not going to be a game changer, although I would say that when you take account of all the um, subsidized lending that explodes that package by about three times, I would very much expect the credit rating agencies to be downgrading Japan debt, and that may be one of the triggers eventually to a weaker yen and bursting the bond bubble. But I, but I, I think the package one's seen so far, as, as, as one knows about it, is very much carrying out the pledges that were made in the upper house elections two weeks ago and rewarding basically the core groups that support the LDP government, such as the construction companies. So you're seeing a package which is weighted towards those political interests. Brendan, Kuroda seems to, seems to want to have a rethink here. What do you think he's going to come up with? Is it possible that we'll get an about-face? I don't see Kuroda himself doing an about-face. Central bankers don't in general, and I don't think Kuroda is an exception, um, walk back on their policies in that way. If there's going to be any change to the monetary um, targets or monetary policy in Japan, it would have to come from Abe himself deciding to replace um, the leadership in the Bank of Japan and, and explaining that uh, the policy has failed. But I, I don't see any signs of that. Thank you very much for joining us. Brendan Brown is Chief Economist and Head of Economic Research at Mitsubishi UFJ Securities, giving us his perspective on the Bank of Japan and their efforts to stimulate the economy. This is Bloomberg. This Hamptons Commuter Minute is brought to you by Land Rover. When towers seem like trees and roads become rivers, the Range Rover Evoke is there to guide you through the twists and turns of the urban jungle. Visit your tri-state area Land Rover retailer for special offers. Land Rover above and beyond. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.